0: This is a CMQ Network podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Nick Hill Chodimela, and I play Thorad, Wild Tongue, Val Nugoni. And if we're ever in a situation where he's the voice of reason, Well done, we're pretty much fucked.
2: I'm Tyler Vitito, and I play Barnabas Von Swallow. Or Barney for short. A a dime-a-dozen fighter who wants to get their family honor back and says, there's no such thing as Magic.
0: I'm Brandon Thresher, and I play Olive the Artificer, and I live by my father's creed. To invent, you only need a high intelligence and a pile of junk.
3: Looks like it's time for another session of Casual Casual Questmasters.
0: Questmasters.
2: Get your dice ready, because we are ready to roll another session of Casual Questmasters. We are a DD and d 5th edition live play adventure. Representing the team is Nick Hill Chodumella.
1: Hi, do we do the new character thing? That's a good question <laughs> uh, actually. I thought, like what? I thought we were pre-recorded those. Yeah, so I don't know what
2: we're doing here. Yeah. You just say hello. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> hey, Brandon Thresher.
0: <laughs> hello.
2: And myself Tyler Vinito. But let us not forget Our greatest friend and Dungeon Master, the Lord of the Ties and Advantages and other good stuff, Glenn Houston.
3: What's up, dudes? New season! New characters! New characters! Six seasons in a movie! Who can we possibly be? (laughs) Who can you possibly be? Well, two of you are very obviously new characters because of how you're dressed which is an incentive for anybody listening to this on podcast to join us in the stream, maybe, you know, but... uh. I'm wearing a coconut
2: beanie suit armor. Brandon's wearing a... uh, It almost looks like a wig for Annie from League of Legends and some Ziggs goggles. And then uh, Nick is actually going to bring in Brom, who looks just like him, but with pointed ears, but he can't see it because of the headset. Like, we're all cosplaying as our own new characters. It's magnificent. I'm not. Uh, I didn't know... I didn't know Brom played rugby. Honestly,
1: I, I'm I'm not here as cosplaying as anybody else. I'm just here as the player. I chose not to dress up. <laughs> we make
0: an incentive: 100 viewers for one of our podcasts. And Nick will dress up.
2: Ooh, there's no incentive that can get Nick to do something. We've discovered
3: that. Like, unless it was 100 viewers, would that get you to dress up, Nick?
1: No, not really. I don't care if about 200 viewers. I
2: mean, you'd have to pay me at that point. Pay me directly. 100 subs. Yeah, but every time you say pay me, I say how much and what's your PayPal, and then you're like... <laughs> well, I mean, 200 viewers will eventually be paying you. <laughs> huh.
3: I- I- <laughs> because I don't want anybody to actually do it. Because that's a stupid <laughs> thing to waste your money on. No, man. Support of the community and you know, like a fan base, we're trying to build a community here. No, no, but no, 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 but I want the money to go straight to me, I don't want
1: any of you to see any of it. Yeah, so you want to pay me to no, dress yeah. up? Money for you,
0: no, I'll pay you, we'll pay <laughs> we'll you, pay you an exposure experience. That's exposure.
3: that's that's <laughs> great. My my rent is 200 exposures a month. <laughs> Damn, a we'll place for only 200 awesome. a month. Well, let's get started. <laughs> Let's get started cuz I want to be able to get into this as much as possible for our new season. Um hell yes. So last time uh which was 2 weeks ago, we took a little break. Uh we saw our intrepid heroes finish out saving the Valnogoni village, uh seeing Cryovane dive into a um a time rift at the top of a mountain near near the village. Um and then they use they disperse the magic you guys disper- disperse the magic of uh, that dagger to bring your mother back, Alani, the chief of the village. Mother, And she told tales of uh, being in the ethereal and being kind of separate from space and time and seeing things in the future that she was worried about and wanted to help, like, start planning for just in because she doesn't know the exact time frames. Um, you guys celebrated uh, the new partnership with. Uh, the wolves, the victory over the frost giants, and the disappearance of this dragon for however long. Um, and then I have written a little thing for our friends uh, so that it will be uh, a little kind of like a catch-up uh, as far as this time frame. Here we go. The world hasn't changed much on the Sword Coast. Most folks have simply aged. A few older people have passed on their responsibility to their children's uh, responsibilities to their children, who have stepped into their shoes. But the small village, now called Runesmith, has undergone serious changes in the last 20 years. The exact tales of how things got this way are for another time. But, for the first time in a long while, Magdor, Knox, and Vol have all been called to a summit with the leaders of the town. Um, here, the leaders wish to discuss the contingencies of what to do if the dragon Cryovane were to return, as is tradition every five years since her headlong dive into the time rift that fateful day twenty years ago. We begin our adventure in the waiting hall outside of the meeting room with three up-and-coming members of the city in the mountains, which some call Winter's Crown due to its high altitude and value for the region. They gather nervously as the leaders of the region meet in a massive hall at the top of the peak that was once said to hold the time rift that Cryovane plunged into. Boom. So just a few moments ago, uh, I guess, uh, Barnabas, you would have arrived with Alani and escorted her in there and she asked you to watch the door along with a few other guards and the other two of you would have kind of accompanied similarly um, folks there. If you guys want to, at this point, for our audience who is not here in the stream, describe what you physically look like, what you're wearing, what your race is, what your what sort of armaments you have, just so we have a clear picture of that in our minds.
0: Um, I guess I'll go first. So I'm playing oh uh I'm playing Olive. She is a uh artificing gnome, uh rock gnome battlesmith. She is very short. Um let me see exactly oh. the height. How short is she she's so, I, I got She's know this. so short that the ruler only reads three foot six inches. <laughs> <laughs> um And uh she's got light red hair, uh which you know the viewers can see on the stream uh wears goggles because she is blind, uh legally. And so you know
3: Wait, she actually legally blind? Enough
0: to wear she needs glasses.
3: Okay, so the glasses are not just something that you use in your smithing. You need them to yeah. see. Yeah, she has a nomatism.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh,
3: somebody laughed oh, yeah. at my joke. This is the best
2: CQM episode ever. <laughs> I'm in. If, if you look, if you were to look at
0: her right now, you would see her uh, sitting on top of a mechanical dog, um, that looks almost wolf like. And uh, she's just, well, the dog and her just pacing around. Oh, and she's got a crossbow attached to her wrist. Ooh, Not right goodness. now, but she has the option.
3: A mount. On like a leather bracer yeah. or something yeah, like that? Yeah, you can see
0: the mount on her wrist.
2: Cool. As Alani Skullcrusher Valu, or Val Nugoni uh, steps into the door, you hear the, the, the heavy hands of a human as they make sure the doors close with a very solid shut. As Barnabas Von Swallow turns around. A champion fighter, level 3 right now, uh, variant human, uh, is the, the power fantasy of every 12-year-old uh, you can imagine. Has the body of Brawly from Dragon Ball Z, uh, but is incredibly bold. Uh, so shiny that, uh, it's almost disgusting. But thankfully, Barnabas or Barney, uh, keeps it well covered with a coconut shell, uh, that he found off the shores of Luskin one day after losing his helmet in a very crushing defeat. Uh... They, uh, don't have any really noticeable facial features, besides that they have a cartoonishly long Waluigi mustache that sticks in odd directions. And, they, they're, they're wearing, like, hulking armor. They're exactly six foot seven, I last I checked? Uh, whatever two inches, uh, smaller than, uh, Nick's character is, because that's how we roll here. I gotta respect the power dynamics here. Uh, and uh, as the halberd that they're holding kind of taps to the ground they kind of like stand forward looking like a serious real guard even though they have no fucking idea what's going on and they sit there and twirling their mustache a little bit and looking at the other guards uh, to make sure that uh, Barney's doing everything right here
1: awesome my new character is a uh, another Goliath Shocker. Um, his name is Thorad Tongue uh, Val Nugoni. Um, a young, very young druid. Uh, druid ranger. I'm going... Uh, I, I want to leave it a surprise as to why I'm splitting up in the ranger, but I'm a circle of the mountain druid. Um, he is 19 years old, light gray skin, uh, silver eyes, 6 foot 8 uh his hair shaved on the sides long at the top and tied down into a braid that goes down the back like from uh, vikings if anybody's ever seen that so very similar to that kind of hairstyle uh, nice. he's wearing uh leather armor um probably like a little sleeveless with patches of like you know the 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 pauldrons and the races and stuff separate but still like lightweight flexible as is traditional to um goliath armor for the most part um, probably wearing a long cloak made out of varied various bits of um like fur from different animals so how goliath druids we've talked about this uh, me and glenn but how goliath druids would differ from traditional druids is that they would only kill when necessary not out of sport, not avoid killing, because living on the mountain is hard, uh, which is what was always a challenge for the Goliaths. Uh, food and resources were scarce to come across, so druids on the mountain would only kill when necessary. And he's called Wild Tongue because he's very good with animals, but also he's very impatient. He's impulsive, impatient, and not the most sensitive um, to social cues.
2: And here I was so hoping he was a ladies' man. Um.
1: He's only 19, Tyler. That's kind of gross.
2: Um, oh, God. No. Oh, God. E- ejects the... Um, and... As of right now,
1: hanging around, he he's the student of um, the village... or, or the city's... Um, sage, I suppose, or a druid that they bought in, or a druid who migrated to the area and took over of uh, his education because the village needed a skywatcher after uh, dear old greppa passed in the last encounter with the frost giants um and he's not too happy about it because he's very good at what he does he is a good um uh what do you call it a um meteorologist trying to find like comp no compton he's very competent for his age but he doesn't he's getting tired of being the same things over and over again, and he just wants to go out and explore and actually like do something with everything he's learned. So, as the, as probably we enter, the- little headstrong, yeah, as, uh, very headstrong. As we enter the scene, he's he's uh, probably found a bench for him to sleep on,
2: and he's probably snoring very audibly. All right, he's just fallen asleep. Um, wait, that's where we are. The motherfucker fell asleep on the bench in like the waiting room. Olive is going to uh, guide her dog. Um,
0: over to him where he's snoring and start prodding at oh. his armor oh
1: i'm i'm sorry uh while that's happening i forgot to mention um glenn you mentioned this uh,
3: did, wait did you mention the pseudo dragons oh i didn't uh that was something i thought you guys would kind of talk about a little bit as far as uh i guess we didn't i c- i probably yeah. could have mentioned that yeah so because of vol's affinity for pseudo dragons uh his pseudo dragon found a mate and they started Uh, growing in population as the town did, and now it's a rite of passage to either get a pseudo dragon as you get older, or to choose another animal as a familiar, um, you don't have to, but it's- it's something that's pretty common in, uh, Runesmith.
2: Is it specifically for Goliaths, or is it just anybody that gets, uh, naturalized into the town?
3: Uh, yeah, it's kind of just like a yeah, it's a coming-of-age thing in that culture. So, I mean, if you move there at any sort of defini- defining age, it may be even something where if you come in at an older age, but then, like, you fully embrace this as your home, that coming-of-age into an acceptance into the society, it's offered to you. So at this point, you all would have had an opportunity, having spent even a decent amount of time here, and being connected to uh relatively important figures in the formation of this place would have had the opportunity to um gain either a pseudo dragon familiar or something similar for the area
2: and uh just for curiosity's sake how well do we know each other are we on like first name bases at this point are we acquaintances we have no idea who the fuck each other are
0: uh i was gonna say i we probably see each other around but I don't know either of you.
2: I don't even know who you are. Yeah,
1: like, uh, Thorad would probably be out actually, like, training on a daily basis. Wait,
3: who's who's Thorad's parents?
1: Uh, nobody of any significance. Nobody of any significance? Okay. Yeah, I mean, not that they don't matter, but...
3: Yeah, yeah they're just not like a named character yeah they're we've not about. yes exactly okay. uh yeah i just wanted to make sure uh we bring up the
1: pseudo dragons because i forgot to mention that there's probably a, his pseudo dragon thorads is probably like curled up on top of him when olive comes over um
3: and it's like a sleeping pile
1: yeah and his name is sliver um
3: Does a, have like a, a, a
1: dog
2: tag or something like that like a
1: no, and he's a crimson pseudo dragon, so nice and like a deep crimson. rich red.
0: But yeah, I'm gonna start pulling at uh this strange Goliath's armor. Uh pulling, prodding, examining. Uh and I don't know how long it takes for him to kind of wake up, but as soon as I hear him stop snoring. Um if he does, I'm gonna say uh you know with a little bit of metal, this would be a lot more effective.
1: Oh god I'm just trying to sleep. You know, I can't wear metal, actually. Um, druids can't- oh, I, metal is a no-go for me. Could you- do you mind getting- excuse me, I'm trying to sleep.
0: I'm gonna keep doing it. Uh,
1: what? what do you mean you can't wear metal? Any, I, I don't know. The, the the sage, he didn't he didn't really he didn't. My master didn't really tell me too much. I'm just I can't wear metal. I'm not allowed to. If I wear metal, my powers don't work. Hey, C-
0: come here. I'm gonna call the
2: the big
0: metal. Man. <laughs> yeah, Barney
2: like hears that and goes like, well, shit. What what the fuck am I doing here then? Uh, <laughs> looks at uh one of the guards and goes uh, Jorg Jorgen von Strangle.
3: Uh, is, is is it okay if I leave uh the post? Yeah, I mean, they just they just kind of sit in there and talk for a few hours, so it's usually pretty uneventful. They just old people talking about stuff. I don't know. You should be fine to go have a conversation. I mean, you're not leaving the room, right? I, I I hope not. Uh, it's only.
2: Uh, he looks and he like tries to count like how many feet away. That way, uh, some feet away. Yes.
3: No. Yeah. You'll be uh, you'll be fine. Just don't leave the room. Come on, you're a guard, man. You know this. Yes! Don't leave the room.
2: (laughs) Of course, big brain. Never leave the room. Then you're still guarding. I said, I'm trying to sleep. And at that point, Thorad's probably like rising up and trying to grab Olive off him. And then at this point, Barney's just uh, like, you're hearing the fucking weight. Yes. Uh, What's up? Short stuff. So did you get up to pick me up? Like, am I
0: off the ground?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just, like, I assume from the way you described that you were all on, you were on Thorad, like, you climbed up on top of him, or you saw yeah. yeah, probably at that point. Um, so I'd probably just kind of, like, have, up sitting up now, and I'm probably holding you up like that, or if, if I'm able to.
0: Um, I'm gonna say, yeah, yeah, you'd be able to pick me up if you tried, I mean, I'm not that heavy. Um, but I'm gonna say, no, 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 look, 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 and I'm gonna take out my hammer, and I'm gonna swing at, um,
3: Barney. Uh, Are you attacking him, or are you just, like, tapping his armor? I'm
0: going to tap it with a little bit of force.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, as long as you're okay with that, yeah. So, like, Barney holds strong. Tyler immediately starts
2: going to the deal.
0: The players are already fighting. Not me. (laughs) I didn't do anything. See, see, that doesn't hurt him at all. He can't even feel it. As
2: I'm, like, just hitting him with a hammer. (sighs) When he hit... You hit me in the kneecap, and like I Ooh. get that that weird doctor reaction where I my leg kicks forward and hits the bench. Just oh, sorry, <laughs> never happened like that before.
1: Listen, little one, as uh, Thorad sets him down. I just metal, and I'm gonna like slap your chest, like as like as a tap, not as an attack. Metal will
2: block off my connection to nature. It's stupid, but I can't wear anything metal. I agree. When I need to use the restroom, this metal's always in the way. It's troublesome.
0: (laughs) I I could probably work on something like that to fix that.
2: Jorgen, as I turn around and look at one of the guards,
3: why is there children in here? Uh, Uh, She's not a child, she's a gnome. She's one of Magdor's uh, uh, contingent.
0: I am his ward, thank you.
3: Sorry, I just know that you're not a kid. Per se, you're just short. That's how gnomes are, right?
0: Yes. I'm
3: twenty-one. Quite brilliant, from everything I've heard. Buck is a gnome.
1: <sighs> See, Sliver, you just want to sleep. You don't follow, Master. You just have to stay home. But no, I can't stay home. Why? Is there no other place more comfortable?
0: You know, talking to yourself's not a good sign.
1: I wasn't talking to myself. I was talking to Sliver. And I'm going to reach out my arm and let Sliver crawl up it and showcase himself. I feel like Sliver would be a little...
3: And you see see between his scales a little bit as he looks at you and sits proudly up on the edge of your arm. Between some of his scales, you see what kind of looks like a rising red light shine from within. Um, as he opens his mouth and goes, and lets out like a little roar. And you can see like the air in front of his mouth kind of like waver with some heat. Barney leaps back. Uh, Jesus, there's a lizard on your shoulder. His name is Sliver. Please, Mr.
1: Metal Guy. Um, he's not gonna hurt you. you Want to say hi? And Barney's gonna hold out. A sm- sure, Barney. Yeah, no, Sliver. This is Sliver, not Barney.
2: Oh, I thought I was Sliver. Wait, uh, Barney gets confused. Uh. Barney, like, has uh, their halberd, like, at the ready, like, (laughs) roll for initiative against bearded dragon thing, uh, but, uh, (laughs) Barney gets confused because they thought their name was Silver for a second, not Sliver at this point, just,
3: hmm. Yeah, and then Sliver jumps off of your arm after being given permission to go investigate this new creature, lands on the top of the halberd, and, like, wraps around it around your arm and then Mm. sits up on your shoulder and, like, starts smelling your face and the coconut. Barney freezes absolutely still, and
2: you just hear him say, They can't see you if you don't move. One bite from these guys and you're done for. He gives you a little lick, and it's warm. Is, ah! Is, is he okay? I no. I, I, I drop prone. <laughs> just, just like uh, Halberd drops to the ground, arms T-pose, and I just immediately drop to the ground
3: falls to the ground, and Sliver flies up in the air and just looks down, confused, and back to you, uh, unsure of what's wrong with him. You hear... R- r- r-, or, sorry, you hear more of a...
0: R- 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 and you hear a little bit of force, or you feel a little bit of force on your back.
2: Oh, hey, hey, talking about the Barney? Yeah. <makes> oh, god, it's eating me now. Miss, Mr. Metal Guy, you...
1: You hear a little clang, clang, clang? Get up. Sure. Here, and then Thorad's going to put out his
2: hand to help you up. Please. My name is Mr. Sliver. I was about to say (laughs) Thorad gets up. Uh, I'm not adopting too many new names today. Uh, Barty gets up. (laughs) Here. You
0: you really need to watch where you're going. I'm not very big, and you are. Uh, Uh,
1: I was wondering where the little one went. Um... Alright, well, this was eventful. It was nice meeting you all, uh, Mr. Yes, Metal Guy. Um, little one, what's your name?
0: My name is Olive.
1: Olive, Thorad, I'm sure I'll see you around, and Thorad's gonna sit down and pull up his hood
2: and try to fall asleep again.
3: Disassociate.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Barney keeps looking over at Jorgen. At this point, it's like, "What are they here for?" They're
3: not guarding. They're part of the. Co- no, they they uh they arrived with some of the people at the meeting. So, Magdor came with Olive. as his Ward, right? Yes. Yeah. So you you accompany him most places. Being a lord, it seems to make sense that he would have some sort of protection, like a wolf, a mechanical wolf and an adept battlesmith, and then also, uh, former chieftain Alani has hired this muscle head to, uh, follow her around and make sure that she's safe. And just in case the,
2: this dragon, <laughs> whatever that is, uh, comes back, we need someone who specializes in
3: sleeping a lot, and hoping to put this, uh, giant wing
2: thing to slumber.
3: No, he's actually the Skywatcher in training,
1: I think. Behold, the mighty Skywatcher, as Thorad puts up his hand-palm-flat-crash-druid-craft dru- and creates a ball of whatever the weather is currently.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, I mean... Laying on your back's a pretty good way <laughs> to watch the clouds, I guess.
2: Barney was, like, looking away at the time, and then, like, turns away as <laughs> his the magic disappears and goes, Yeah, Skywatcher. Hmm. You know, I remember when I was doing that when I was 16. Hopefully you grow out of it one day, kiddo. And then, Thorad lowers his hand as he points to
1: Barney and says, Sliver, attack. And Sliver would know that that's a sign to play, but I'm essentially
3: setting Sliver to freak out Barney. He starts to try and, like, climb into your armor. I know it's, it's you know, armor is usually well fit, but he, like, tries to s- snuggle in under your pauldrons and he can't get in there. He starts to work his ray, like, around you to try and, like, get into your armor and he, like, nibbles a little bit at you, but never enough to actually hurt. It's like a kitten playing with you. Yeah, like a scaly, scaly kitten. Barney has enough wisdom
2: to know not to do anything that will end a, uh, a relationship here uh, but they are still you know they don't like lizards L- lizards freak them out and so the idea of this weird <sighs> reptile rat thing that can belch it, 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 it freaks them out like a spider not a big fan of like, like rats they don't like rats This thing is a rat. It's a very large rat that bites. And occasionally, it knocks over torches and fire shoots out somewhere. Like, it doesn't make sense. It freaks them out. Why is there torches always near these things? Also, uh, I guess I should point out for the audio listeners barney doesn't know magic exists so uh like anytime like magic happens uh i as tyler gets to you know like oh yes uh, there's surely a scientific
3: explanation to this so it's not that he doesn't know it exists he just doesn't believe that it's magic Whenever it happens, he tries to find a logical conclusion that isn't magic. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yes. And anytime he can't explain it, it. uh, basically his eyes glaze over and uh, he thinks he's having a stroke.
3: Cool. Well, (laughs) as this dragon makes you uncomfortable skittering around your body while hopefully the other, everyone in the room seems to watch, you feel the ground shake as it feels like an earthquake has hit for a moment. Uh, Um, and then it stops and, like, bits of rock and stuff kind of, like, fall from the ceiling a little bit. Um, and then you hear what sounds like a tornado coming from the other side of the double doors that you're, you're... You know your mentors had just gone into um, mentors or protectees and a bright light a, a di- like kind of like a pale blue light is shining from all of the cracks from within. Sliver to me, as uh, as whatever the name of that guard you gave <laughs> looks at you and goes, Jorgen von Strangle. Jorgen von Strangle goes, uh,
2: this has never happened before. What do we do? I, th- I think
1: I think I think now's the time where you do your job. You, you're a guard, right? You too, metal man.
2: Go, 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 <laughs> go. And he goes, "You ready? You ready? Yes." Wait, it's it's not Taco Tuesday. Why is the ground shaking? Uh, I gonna say uh, it, it wasn't me this time. I swear. And you know, he looks at you, uh, Barnabas,
3: and says, "You ready, Barney? We gotta open the store and see what's in there."
2: I was always ready. I uh, hit, drop my halberd to the ground and use both hands to open the doors.
3: Great! You just grab them and just swing them open, and they are—they open outward. Uh, but they—they they were already <laughs> kind of like bouncing a little <laughs> bit. rip them from off because they open the wrong way. Yeah, just pull them and break them against them. They do open outward, so you're able to just rip them open. And what you guys see within is this large meeting hall just thrown into chaos. There was a long table. Now there is literal pieces of wood and stone being flung about the room as massive winds. And you see all of the people within, like holding their ground, each one of them brandishing weapons, you know, uh, whether basic actual martial weapons, ranged weapons, uh, some of them holding, you know, staves and wands at the ready as a giant rift has seemed to open up on the far end of the room, and uh, on from within it, like I said, there was a pale blue light coming from, now you know, from this. Um, and at this point, none of them have noticed that you opened the door. What do you do?
1: Alright. Olive, was it? Um, can you fight? Because I think we might... Uh, yes? Here, Barney, you uh, said? Yeah. There's, there's your weapon. Oh, it's on the ground. All right, this is... Okay, this is what my master... Okay, um... Olive's gonna
0: slap him uh, across the thigh.
1: Ah, okay, yeah. Can can you pull yourself together? All right, and then battle stands as... Thorad pulls out his shield and has a staff at the ready, but he doesn't really know what to do. And Sliver, probably, I would like to imagine is positioned himself on top of his head looking intimidating.
2: Hmm.
3: Yeah, he's got his wings out. He's like... A lot of a lot of torchlight, quote unquote, coming out of his mouth as you you have never seen him breathe fire, but it's possible for some pseudo dragons, especially crimson, to eventually gain um, a little fire. Yeah, Thorad
1: is freaking out because he wanted to explore and like do something, and now something's happening. He, he like he's not ready for it, and so he's just not now going to be frozen in place
2: in like battle stance, and he's like, "Come on, What's gonna happen." Barney's looking around, uh, like, trying to find the window that needs to be shut. Uh, because, you know, there's heavy winds everywhere. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) why is there a giant light in the middle of the room? This is getting ridiculous. Somebody forgot to close the window. This will not do.
3: Who wouldn't close it? Uh, Barney starts looking for the window. Uh, there are some windows that were made of stained glass in the other room, and they have all been blown out, uh, due to the pressure. You know, in winter they use proper quality glass.
2: This will not do. Mm, no. Th-
0: this is dwarven-made glass. Th- there's no
3: better. Oh. <laughs> and you know from Magdor that all of this stuff was magically reinforced. Um, Olive. So the fact that it's busted is speaks to the strength of this portal. Um, and at that point, too, the members of the council that know you look back and see that the doors opened. And uh, respectively, they each just yell, run now. Um, and as they say that, you see the giant head of an ancient white dragon poke its way through, scarred and battle scarred. But what you can, what you now notice is that as it's, as it works its way into this room, writing what actually what are your passive perceptions uh 15 14 9 14 ah! 15 <laughs> 9 14 and 15 Olive, turn notice around <laughs> that writing on the back 14 and 15 notice that on the back of this dragon's head just right behind kind of like the crest of horns uh writing there is a snow pixie wielding a tiny like some sort of tiny staff that looks like a, you know, a toothpick of sorts, or like like a little, like a twig um, from your perspective at this distance Um, and another interesting curiosity you notice is that the scales on this ancient white dragon almost seem to be prismatic as its head shifts and moves around you can see all of the primary colors reflected in the light of this room and it (laughs) It moves its way in and then it releases a before its whole body gets through. Before it because it looks like it would destroy the building if it did. Um, before its head comes all the way through, it rears back and releases a blast. And as it does, you see Magdor run up and shut the door and slam it shut. And as he says so, he says, Run if you want to save us. Run! <clears throat> and he shuts the door, bam! And uh as he shuts the door, you do see this blast headed towards you, and it freezes everybody in the room in, like, what looks kind of like a frozen ice stasis in their current positions. And, uh, what
2: do you do? Thor, yeah, fucking... Barney opens the door.
3: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs>
1: This is an order cut, like, Thorad might bitch and might complain, and he's a young teenager who's edgy, but this is a dangerous situation with an order coming from an elder that's recognized in the village. Thorad's running. Thorad's out of
2: there. Barney was told to protect Alani, uh, and last uh, he knew, Alani
3: was in there. She was. She was being frozen as the door was shut. Barney tries to open the door. Hey, yeah, you are able to open the door, and as you do, you see everybody in the room frozen as the dragon continues to work its way through. And as it sees you, it begins to rear back and you can see the energy gathering as it begins to draw another breath for another breath I closed the door. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But you see Alani there. And like I said, she did tell you to run. She, like, Magdor said, run if you want to save us. All of them, like, would have said to each one of you individually. I just didn't want to be, like, role-playing for each one of them. Run, run, run. run. Get out of here. Yeah, they all, in their own characters' voices, which you can hear in your mind, so can our audience, because they know your characters. You know, so...
1: I think Thorad would have, uh, come back and, um, uh, started yanking him along when he sees him, like, close the door for the second time and open it. And I'm going off that, like, 15-pass perception, Thorad probably noticed that somebody else wasn't running. Yeah.
3: You absolutely saw him stay and peek through again, and then shut the door pretty quickly. So now you have Thorad, like, pulling you along. Yeah, Barney,
2: like, goes and goes... But the windows. Just run. Marty <laughs> <Barney> runs.
3: <laughs> like. <laughs> the vine? Yep, okay.
2: I was just thinking um, Iron Man just.
3: Alright, so you all you three book it.
2: Yeah, sorry. Halfway down the hill already.
3: <laughs> She's
0: riding she just the go wolf. She's gone. Even care.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was going to say, like. I was running
3: speed, but okay, yeah, the the wolf. It's only ever so slightly shorter than yours, <laughs> but the yeah. wolf is pretty good run. So yeah, you all book it out uh, along with the other guards who heard the command to leave. Uh, the I keep forgetting the name that you gave him. What is the name? I'm just gonna write it down.
1: Jorgen von Strangle.
2: Jorgen. Jorgen. Von Strangle. I I feel like Nick gets it. I'm I'm
3: not sure. Brandon uh, does. It. Okay. Jorgen von Strangel says, run, I'll keep the door shut. And he, like, puts his halberd in uh, between the uh, the handles and braces it along with several other guards who, like, are going to try and hold the door shut as well as they can. They they start moving some of the, the larger pieces of furniture up under into wedge to keep the door closed. Um... And as you burst out and start making your way down this mountain, which now is the the village has expanded to the point where this is a part of the edge of the village. So if you remember before, this was actually, you know, a 30 minute walk. It's a pretty big city now, Um, not the size of Neverwinter or Waterdeep by any means, but it has expanded to a point where this is not really that far from the main part. Does it have a gift shop? No, absolutely not. (laughs) This is a place that is solely meant for this council to meet once every five years for this exact contingency. Um, And as you make your way down the hill, you can see uh, now that there before there was a previously invisible magical barrier around this place and the energy that is now seeping out of parts of broken walls and windows uh, that have been busted out is kind of battling, batting against it. Um, And you can see kind of like cracks starting to form in this barrier that's around the top of this mountain and this building um, and as you continue do you continue do you keep going oh yeah olive's gone great barney um, feels like sky.
2: shit cause the two guards that he was supposed to work with including you know jorgen von strangle uh he was supposed to keep the doors closed so he turns around once again and looks
3: at jorgen Jorgen's up in the building. He's inside. I thought you had already made your way out of the building and started running down.
2: No, I guess Barney would've, but, like, uh... It takes him a moment to realize that he completely abandoned his duties in the course of, like, 45 seconds. Well, Alani told he's... you to run. She told True. you to run, so... And, like, he's just... You hear Barney just shouting, Okay, the this whole area is a room. Guard stays in the room. He keeps his duty. Listen, our.
1: Uh, that's a dragon. Dragon, dragon, dragon. Our, ne- our next thing is now to warn the village.
3: The big rat! Um, Barney, that was a dragon. Oh, that was the dragon. Yeah. And you know, uh, having been in the village for a while, you know that there is a warning tower not far from here that has a bell that you could bring out that would alarm people. It's a bell specifically meant for things so like that. That's where Olive would be
0: heading. So, depending on what you how long you say uh the bell will ring soon probably before the two of them reach the bottom of the mountain
1: yeah mm-hmm. i think um
3: what's the speed of the wolf like uh, 40 I think it's 45 Let me check. and if she's if he's is it, i guess it's a mechanical wolf. he or she doesn't matter this mechanical wolf does the mechanical wolf have a name not yet he ex- that hmm. not yet he just calls Love him it. dog <laughs> yeah. doggo dog just dog okay great yeah you're sprinting ahead of them no matter what they can't keep ahead oh 40, you, So you sorry. will absolutely arrive at that it's fine that's still 80 feet per round which is well more than the normal 60 foot of a normal person um and definitely more than your 50 if you're sprinting <laughs> uh yeah so you, yeah sorry you're sprinting ahead olive uh barnabas is having second thoughts Thoret, what do you um got?
1: trying to uh calm himself down he's trying to calm himself down and also like convince um uh barney to to keep going because uh you know we we've been playing the fool but i feel like because he's been living in the village for the longest time thor Ed would know that barney who barney is to some extent given that uh he's the up and coming skywatcher and the skywatcher is probably a big part of making decisions in the village so he's probably seen barney as uh, alani's personal you know guard Um, and so, like, if Barney was chosen for that, Barney probably is stronger than most other people, so Thorad now is trying to, like, not take control, but give some sort of, like, direction, and also, like, he needs some stability to, like, make some decisions, so he's like, alright, pulling Barney along, or trying to at least, Olive's gonna go ring the bell, we need to get warn the village, there's there's plans for this, we need to go, Barney, we... That dragon is back. That's the dragon. Is what that that was Cryovain. That's what we've been. That's what they've been training me for. That's what we've been learning for. And and they're all gone.
0: In uh in the distance, before Olive reaches the bell, you just hear her panically.
1: Cryovain! Cryovain's here! And
0: yeah, so you just hear that going off into the distance.
1: Cryovain is here!
2: Cryovain is here! Cryovain is here! Wait, if. If Alani is gone, and Vol, Thora, that makes you, uh, Barney kneels, uh, <laughs> no, no, there are, <laughs> th- the stand Alfredo.
1: up, please, stand up, stand up, there are, there are other, there are other goliaths, I'm no, am uh, not in charge, but let's go, we've gotta go, and he's gonna try and pull him along by grabbing whatever piece of armor he
2: can. Yes, my lord, uh, Barney sprints, uh, trying to drag, uh, Thorad at this point. <sighs> it's one of these guys. Sliver, God help me! It's one of these guys.
1: <laughs> oh no. Um. Let's let's go meet up with Olive.
2: Barney, easy be easy to find her. i to say, <laughs> just just follow the the, the of um, whimpers.
3: <laughs> one of the contingencies, as far as the things that they had set up that you knew about, is specifically there is four places you need to go to gather up an item that will help you against Cryovane, and it was split into four places under four uh, four different locations to try and keep its power divided. The, the strength of this it was item by itself is too much. Um, and as you uh, make your way you're yet, like, you have this this <laughs> This gnomish girl yelling, "Fake, fake!" Uh, somebody up in the tower hears that and then sees the rum, he- sees and hears the rumbling, and you hear the alarm bells start to be rung as uh, you continue down the mountain towards the village. And other bells start to ring out. And what they had also set up is that now all of this mountain knows you're here. Yeah. But what they had set up is that there was teleportation circles uh, kind of regularly placed that were set to go to other major cities to evacuate the city in the case of something like this happening. And uh, you can see that this barrier has now reached kind of critical mass as there's just cracks, 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 like a bubble with a bunch of cracks in it. And it breaks open and then cold and hot and charged wind kind of rushes down through the valley and from the windows you start to see breaking through the walls and flying out are other adult dragons of different chromatic colors as they fly out and begin to fly down towards the village Um, your response I run to the nearest teleportation circle Um. (laughs) it would be in that, that alarm tower right there Yeah, um, I think
1: Thorad would be stunned. So you'd see Thorad being the one pulling Barney along this entire time, uh, being trained his entire life and, like, kind of ignoring the teachings of his masters. Whatever whatever, just standing there, jaw, like, dropped, looking at the chaos ensuing. Um, and he doesn't know what to say anymore.
2: He doesn't know what to do anymore, he's just lost. Thorad! I thought there was supposed to be one. How many veins are there? Uh, the, uh,
1: there was only one cryovane. There was only the one. And it seems like she came back. She came back with the Horde. Um, Glenn, what would be the first location for this
3: artifact that Thorad would know? Uh, the closest. Uh... You know that it, at the teleportation circles, for those who understand, who are aware of this plan, there are secret compartments at each one of the teleportation circles that you can access to find a scroll that will tell you that information. So I think it'd be fair to say
1: that Thorad would be aware more so than anybody else.
3: Yeah. Um, okay.
1: Okay. All right. Come, 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 Barney. Let's go. And Thorad's going to start working his way back, um, finding just some sort of composure. Yeah,
3: and at this point, too, uh, all of you would have made your way to the tower. The door is open. Uh, several people have already started to, you know, basically turn on this. There's a mage station at each one of these things to activate the circles. Uh, once it's basically kind of like at a theme park ride, when it's full, they activate it. Um, and uh, you arrive there. But also, one other thing of note is as you are moving towards for... Uh, for uh, Barnabas and Thorad. Do you want me to call him Barney or Barnabas? Which one is preferred? Barney. Barney? Barney and Thorad. Uh please, you... Barnabas was my father's name. <laughs> Another something interesting flies up and catches up to you. Very similar to Sliver. It is Alani's pseudo dragon. Lands on your shoulder and kind of like huddles around your neck, quivering, uh, Barney. Gosh. Uh, she is a she is a blue pseudo dragon. I, uh, I, like, grab my breastplate and just pull it forward to
2: let it, uh, hunker down like, the... oh god, the black box. Uh, wait, no, uh, that, that's, Barney would not understand to make that joke. Uh, I like what it. would, uh, the name of, of, uh, Alani's, uh, rat, I'm sorry, Pseudo Dragon. Diver.
3: Uh, you probably have to ask her. I don't think if you knew you would have, you would have to ask her in Draconic to find out, because Alani never told you.
2: Ah, okay. Well, I just needed to hear
3: that last part. Uh, what color is the dragon? Blue. It's like a like a like similar to uh, similar to sliver, kind of like a navy. So it's an, on the darker side of that. All right, blue. Come, uh,
2: Thorad. Why are we hiding? Shouldn't we be fighting these things? That's
1: not the plan, uh, Thorad. Uh, I would imagine we're closer to the tower now, as uh, Thorad walks in. Olive. Get here. Olive, are you here? I mean, you hear her. You know she's there. And uh, Thorad, while he's looking for the compartment with all the plans, Olive, you were, you were trained by Magdor, yes? All right. Well, I guess it's the best we've got. Thorad probably finds the compartment. There's. Shaking him. How are you You're so calm? I'm not. I really want to take a shit right now. <laughs> Like, I'm freaking out, but this is the plan, and that's all we can do. And, um, finding the compartment starts looking through the first scroll, I guess, to see where to go. Like, Thorad's just looking. Yeah, there's, there's only, only one yeah.
3: scroll. It's got the seal of. It's got the seal of, uh, yeah, uh Thorad
1: would probably unseal. He's just looking for a location, the first location.
3: Uh, the first location is a place, uh, in Om, it looks like. Um,. Because you have su- it, just says, it says, Om. Um, and then it also says, Uh, Cholt. It doesn't actually have a specific location, but what it does have is, uh, um, what are they called? Um, teleportation circle markings for each place. Coordinate. Um, Cholt. Uh, there's one that uh, that a name that's written in a language that you can't read. Um, and then another one that looks like it is probably, it says... Alright, what language is it? Okay, I'll tell you what languages
1: I know, because I know a substantial amount. Okay. Common, Giant, Dwarvish, Draconic, and Sylvan.
3: Um, it's prob- it, it, The exact pronunciation you're not sure of, but it is in Sylvan, and it, it's probably <laughs> a location in the okay. Feywild. Um, so yeah, uh, is, is there like an operator for the tower or anything
1: or it's just I? because you said something about how it works and I can't remember. Yeah,
3: okay. there is a there is a mage there um, who is waiting for it to be full. And you can see as as this tower is kind of like on the it's on the up. So you can see over most of the town uh, in the valley below, which is where the village is spread out through and um, around the original village in that initial valley. It had spread around the original Val village. As they rebuilt, uh, but you can see like flashes of light in different buildings and different towers, through windows and doors. As you can tell, other people are starting to turn on these these things as well. But as you also see that through this wide open door at the base of this, as you pull out that scroll and kind of try and figure out where you're going to go, um, the uh, the building on top of the mountain that you came from explodes in a, a cavalcade of stone and just rocks and rubble and wood and glass as a, what looks like should be much larger than an ancient white dragon appears. And in the sunlight, you can now see that it absolutely does have the appearance of prismatic scales that reflect different colors as the light changes on them, kind of like an oyster. Um, Shit! There goes my paycheck! And (laughs) and it, it then... Pulls in that breath and then shoots out a uh, a bit of a bunch of ice like it shot in the other room, and this time it is much more as it covers about a quarter of the city in a giant wide line in that same ice, as some of the lights and stuff stop appearing, and it seems as though he cryovane shit sorry she can basically do whatever that ice does and those lights inside of that ice stop going off like are they just suspended in the ice like like uh, ones that were mid like oh yeah like you did yeah that's actually a good point yeah so some of the flashes do look like they're there and the light just stays at that level um yeah
0: olive would uh know what happened right away then for that like she would realize she would see the lights and say oh we need to go now
1: um Thorad's gonna go up to the mage. Uh, and uh, sorry, Glenn, I'm gonna take just a little liberty here. I feel like uh, that these mages would have been ready and like would understand that Thorad's gonna say, "My name's Thorad Val Nagoni, I'm enacting." What would you say is the name of the contingency? W- would Would they just do something simple as Winter Contingency?
3: Uh, it's 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 a uh... cryo The cryo Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's also T.M. along with Cryo Cave.
3: Yeah, because Magdor coined the term being the one who understood that sort of, you know, stuff the most. Along with, along with, uh, Nox. But Nox wasn't as present as they went on their own kind of travels after saving the village.
1: All right, mage, listen. My name's Thorad Wildtongue Val Nugoni. I'm in- enacting the Cryo Olive and Barnbiz here. We're going to go, uh, Barney
3: here. We're going to go. You got the scroll, right? Got the scroll. Send us to the first location and send yeah, no, word no. to everybody else. I... I can't, this is a a permanent circle, it just sends you to a different location, I can't change the sigils on these. Okay, then just get us out of here, we need to go. Absolutely, and you wait for, like, like, a minute or two more, as, um, you see more of this chaos and destruction. Uh, several people, you can hear screams in the distance, as it seems some of these dragons have reached people who have not yet been able to get to, um, teleportation circles of similar escape, um... Several more giant bits of ice covering the village.
2: Barney's still looking out the door. There's a lot of fucking rats out here. R- Metal Man, we need to go. Go where? We're hiding in this house. Where does this go, Mage? And this one goes to Neverwinter. Okay. The basement.
1: Alright, off to Neverwinter. Wait, Neverwinter. I just I need
3: to wait for a few more people. I'm sorry. I have to wait until it's full so we can get as many people out as possible. I know you're important. I know you got the no, scroll, no, it's fine, it's but we fine. have to make sure as many people get out. And so you wait for a, a little bit longer, seeing this kind of... I,
0: important. We're the most important. Yeah, no,
3: I I, I understand this, but we, it, it's it's my job. I have to save as many people as possible. Like, I don't even have an out. I have to stay what I signed up for. How are we getting
2: to Neverwinter from here? Stand in the circle. You understand Just that's like days... Stand in the circle and close your eyes. S- standing in the circle doesn't We're ready get to you go. hundreds of miles away. Close your, your eyes. eyes. Mother, you pledged... <laughs>
3: Come on, do we have enough people? Stand in the circle, stand in the circle. Just Motherfucker.
0: I, I'm going to have the dog bite him and pull him. In. Oh,
3: Barney's in the
2: circle. It's just oh, like, okay. oh, Scott, oh, what well, is like, this going to do? Like, I don't... <laughs> uh, oh, God, I feel a sneeze coming on. Oh.
3: Uh, uh. And cast. <laughs> and uh, you find yourself in uh gone from this kind of chaos screaming loud magical noises happening crumbling chaos to a quiet dark cellar with several casks uh it looks like you're in the basement of some sort of like pub or restaurant of sorts or something like that olive's
0: gonna sniff oh <sighs> smells like
3: magdor <sighs>
2: And the halberd out who turned off the lights was it that rat uh,
3: and you do see a small stairwell leading up with some light leading down there's a few dim lanterns down here but nothing crazy <sighs> you can hear the sounds of people upstairs but not a lot a decent crowd who goes sir yeah Bar- Barney's freaking out <laughs> they don't know where they're at quiet
1: huh um,
2: we've we've I don't know any uh, quiets but we need to where's Thorad? Olive. It, can we see?
1: <laughs>
2: I mean do you Olive's. have dark vision? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a human. I can't see
3: shit besides maybe that light.
0: Oh, how dark is it down here? Is it dark vision dark?
3: Uh no the the, the you can it's all dim light. There's no actual darkness because of the the, the, the small lanterns that okay. are down here. So I mean Barney after he sneezed forgot to open
2: his eyes so he thinks it's extra dark in here. <laughs> You're gonna feel,
1: uh, you're gonna feel a tug on your armor as, uh, Thorad's gonna start leading the way up. Would you be willing-
3: Would you willingly follow? Oh god, I'm being bitten! No! Not again, father! Quiet down, Barney. It's just me. And you feel- and you feel little, little draconic hands reach up and try and pull on your eyelids. Oh! Mm. Mm. Oh god.
2: I forgot there's little versions
3: of these things.
2: Blue, are you okay? As I, uh, look at, uh, Fuck does that
3: mean? I don't understand you. Speak do you speak Draconic? And she nuzzles you ever so slightly and you feel a little static energy. You have a taser? Get away with me with that. Blue, come here. She looks really scared as you respond to her negatively as she tries to nuzzle you. Um Thorat's gonna put out his arm. And Blue flies to your shoulder. It's okay, we'll we'll get him sorted.
1: Um let's let's find a place to sit But that's my rat! Just let's find a place to sit down and then talk about what's going on. Um, and Dora is going to head upstairs. See Olive, like, hunkered down, hugging
0: the dog. Um, and, and she just kind of whispers to like, All right, let's go. Oh, wait, no, she's not Magdor. She goes, All right, let's go. And uh, seems a little hesitant to move right
2: now. Uh, but the dog carries her forward. Barney's getting flustered, (laughs) like, uh, everything went out. Like, where's the door? Why isn't there no screaming dragons? Uh, they go over to, uh, you say there was a staircase? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. And, uh, yeah, I just open the door and, uh, Barney just says,
3: Where are you, you winged rats? Yeah, you go up the stairwell and open the door, and you're greeted by a confused-looking innkeeper who's like, Sorry, uh, uh, you... Welcome? It's, are the cryo, you... it's the cryo Oh! Oh! Oh, come with um, me, come with me. Yeah. How many of you are there? Um, how many were teleported with us? There was, like, another six or seven people with you. A couple a couple of the guard, as well as uh, just some, you know, other villagers. About uh, ten of us. Okay, Uh, yes, uh, I've been instructed uh, upon this to give you housing. We have plenty of space, so um, come with me to the front desk, and we'll accommodate you so you can get settled, and we'll, we'll help take care of you. I'm so sorry.
1: No, uh, Barney, follow him, and then Vol's gonna go back down and start helping everybody else. Uh, Vol, I said. Thorat's gonna go down and start helping everybody else. The rest of the villagers and guards that came through head up.
3: Yep. And this uh, this person who looks to be, like, a middle-aged human, maybe, maybe half-elf? They don't have they have rounded ears, not pointy, but they do have very sharp features otherwise. Um, he leads you to the front desk where he starts. He pulls a pen out and then it mutters a few incantations, starts to write in sweeping kind of Tolkien-esque calligraphy uh, in a language that you can read because it is Sylvan. Um, and uh, then he whispers a few words into the paper as he blows on it and then it starts to fold itself up and flies off out the window and he says "Um, okay I've sent that off uh, to make sure that the proper people are aware uh, of what's going on Um, here uh, is a key for each of you and he kind of like figures out who wants to be in what rooms it looks like uh, a three person family was a part of the group as well as a couple guards and so those people group up and he looks to you three and says is one room okay for you all I don't know if you're that should be comfortable fine. with that. No, uh, yes. Um, me and uh, Barney here. Okay, here, here you go, Miss. Uh, this is just a one person for you. This is just one of our smaller rooms. I hope it's okay for you and your dog. I
2: think with when you uh, said dog. I'm like, <laughs> Don, Don, he's a wolf. Dark side. Um, That's Mister Dog to you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Olive's gonna go dark and say, I. I'm not sleeping in a room with two men I've never really
1: met. Um, that's fine. That's why he's giving you the one solo room. But, uh,
3: there you go. Alright, dog? Uh, should we- Okay, great. If you need anything else, my name is Olwen. I'm the innkeeper here. I'm also a little practiced in magic. So just let me know if there's anything you need. Barney pulls off his coconut shell of
2: a helmet, and you just hear that <laughs> as he scratches his head for a second, and goes, uh... Oh, and, uh, you just threw a letter out the window. Aren't you going to send a
3: messenger or something? Oh, I did. That's, it's a, it's called a paper bird. It flies on its own with my magic.
2: <sighs> Olive, can we send the dog or something?
3: No, he stays with me. I, I assure you, within two days' time, that will reach its destination in Waterdeep. Yeah, he's,
2: he sent the messenger, don't worry. Okay. Uh, Barney, please. throw At this point, just
3: like... Hmm. It's like he threw a paper airplane and was like, that'll go where it's supposed to. Um,
2: <laughs> Maybe the paper airplane will fly down to the local post office that's about 50 feet away, and then they'll send it post-haste. That's must-what? Yes! Sh-
1: sure. post um, Barney, here, go up to our room. Freshen up if you need to. Olive, go ahead and take whatever, just meet me down here um, in, like, ten minutes so we can figure out what's going on. when did they leave any any, like, document like, any kind of
3: scroll? I was instructed simply to accommodate you and send the message that I sent. Uh, I was told that whoever came through would, you know, either just need said accommodation or know what they needed to do. So, um... Okay. Just take your time. Dinner will be served in about an hour's time. Um, I know that whatever happened there can't have been good, as this was... A last line of safety for a lot of people. Do you have a map? Of uh, a uh, specific of Of Faeru. Uh, I have a map uh, that focuses on the Sword Coast. Uh, there is general maps of the further Far Lands, but uh, I don't have detailed maps of anywhere outside of the Sword Coast. Okay. Uh, could I see that one, please? Uh, that'll be better than nothing. Sure, sure. Absolutely. You can take mine. And he he reaches behind the counter and finds one and scroll and he says just it's yours. Thank Whatever you. you need.
1: Um I'll see you guys over there in a little bit and Thorad's gonna go over and walk and sit down at a table.
2: I, I think Barney would probably just sit over at a table too. They don't need to freshen up. Uh there is one thing on their mind though, and uh they pull out a live chicken that they kept in a sack.
3: <laughs> Plucky are you okay? And both both <laughs> both pseudo dragons look at it and like even the, even start the dog to- you you can see that yeah all of them are now like they haven't eaten dinner yet either. Um Barney, you bought dinner for uh for
1: uh what's your what's your name? And uh Volts going to ask uh sorry, Thorat's going to ask uh, uh Alani's uh pseudo dragon in Draconic. <laughs> Dang
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> I still think shimmer
3: butthead.
1: Uh The Zen type.
3: It's A. A R E, okay.
1: Um Yeah, um Are you guys hungry? Uh Dorad's
3: looking at both the pseudo dragons. Thank you thank you for bringing dinner for uh, these two, Barney. Yeah, and their eyes eyes never leave. Uh, She just responds to you while she's looking at you. Yeah,
2: like, uh, Barney's, like, uh, preening uh, his chicken and, like, pulling it out. And it's a beautiful, (laughs) glorious hen. uh, And, like, it takes him, uh, like, maybe, like, ten seconds. Then he looks. And he looks again. And then he, like, raises the chicken slowly up in the air to see if the eyes uh, track. And they absolutely
3: (laughs) do. Oh, hells no. Like puppies watching a toy. I'd rather feed
2: but you to too eat clucky eat. than the other way around.
3: And they start to crawl off of your shoulder and down your arm and start to make their way as if they're hunting this chicken now. They're moving around the room on the ground. One of them has found their way up into the rafters and is starting to, like, walk around the edge of the upper parts of the room. Um, and in Draconic Dora is going to say, just, we're going to,
1: uh, I'll get you food, but you need to keep scaring him and, pre- like, keep hunting the chicken. What? Don't stop hunting the chicken. What? What? <laughs> You hear that in Draconic.
3: So you say... No. Do you speak Draconic? Do you no. speak Draconic, <laughs> Barnabas? <laughs> so he says something, and they don't stop moving. They continue to act and as then though they are gonna go back hungry enough to eat this chicken. going to go to... Because he's given instructions for them to
1: not eat or attack, and they're going to get fed. Thorat's going to go to, like, looking through the scroll and looking at the
3: map and mapping out any of the more immediate... Okay. Uh, um, make a persuasion check real fast for me on both these dragons to try and convince them. You'll get to do it with advantage because they can understand you and they trust you. Uh, okay. Twelve. Twelve. Uh, you can tell very obviously that, uh, that Sliver is gonna do what you say. Okay. Uh, but the other one doesn't, you know, she doesn't even, Avriga doesn't even pay you a mind. She's gonna eat that chicken you can tell uh, or she's gonna
2: try Barney takes out a long sword at this point because the halberd is a little too much and just yeah
3: kill your master's pseudo dragon and
2: just like stabs it like an extra long machete into the table and goes don't do it blue you would hate uh, going to the sad sack that's it's after um
3: you might want to go and put the chicken in the room Barney
2: put you in the room uh,
3: actually, Barney, go ahead and make an intimidation check, because you just basically said, if if this happens, you're gonna get hurt sort of thing, right? The sad, the sad sack? The sad sack. <laughs> we,
2: we, Clucky went okay. to the sad sack once, and, uh, came out as chicken nuggets, and so Clucky too, who, you know, <laughs> Cluck- I don't talk <laughs> about Clucky too, but, uh, 15.
3: 15? Awesome. Yeah, at, with that, she kind of, like, pauses... And then, like, flies down and lands, uh, away and no longer seems to be... She seems to be intimidated enough that she doesn't want to trifle with you. All right, um... Blue, you've known
2: I've had Clucky for years. Avra. Avra, goddamn this guy.
3: Um... Are you trying to curse at me, Thorad? No, that's her name. And she looks at you every time you say her name. With the equivalent, and... When pseudo-dragons are wagging their tails, they have spines that go along their back, and they quiver ever so slightly. So she's doing the equivalent of wagging your tail every time you say her name.
1: Don't worry, we'll get you to some food. All right, so uh, the closest destination looks like Waterdeep. And what was the other places? Am Cholt, and one location that... In the My Feywild. My character Feywild, right. Yeah. Uh, I'm and Chult are not on the Sword Coast, are they? I can't remember.
3: Uh, Chult is on the far south part. It's a peninsula that holds dinosaurs, uh, tribal goblins. Um, oh, no. Yeah. There was a thing called the Death Curse that was beat down and taken care of a few years ago uh, that was supposedly originating from Chult. So it's a plate of great, great mystery and kind of it's very mysterious. Lots of old, ancient ruins and ancient civilizations used to come from there. Uh, all right. Waterdeep's our next
2: location. That's where we have to go to start all of this. But we're... um, But you said we needed to go to Neverwinter first, right?
0: We're already in
2: Neverwinter. We, we just needed to get out. No, we need to... Oh, we still got Olive. weeks, Olive.
0: We,
2: we teleported here. Um...
1: Yes... Th- we use magic to the, get the here. The what? We are
2: in Neverwinter. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I... Barney, like, sniffs his wrist to make sure there wasn't any, like, cyanide or something he accidentally sniffed. uh it's like, Um... Ha Of course I knew that!
3: You mean chloroform? No.
2: <laughs> Cyan- cyanide sh- kills you. Yes,
3: it does. Yeah, it he kills thinks you. He's, okay, you
1: think you're dead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what languages does um, Olive speak?
0: Gnomish and common.
1: Okay. Um, I was just trying to try and meta games like if you were taught dwarfish we could be Discussing what we're seeing right here with Barnabas with Barney. Like, oh, um but Barney uh, has
2: worked for Lord Never Ember at some point. Lord Never Ember has done some shady
3: shit. So when you start talking about contingencies, uh yeah, there's a thought. Oh, the current leader of Neverwinter is Elgira. She took the place of Nord- Lord Never Ember when he retired as king. Or as Lord Protector. Fuck. <laughs>
0: um Olive's going to look at Barnabas and say, uh, you you weren't a cryopod for the last two weeks.
2: Ah, that makes more sense. <laughs> it seems I've, uh, you know, there was one time I decided to take a challenge. Somebody challenged me, the fool, and thought I could not eat as much honey as I could. And I ate so much honey, I went into, what well, they said it was like a, a kitty tonic- Statue or something like that? I don't remember what they said, but they a, said I was... A
0: catatonic state.
2: Ah, uh, yes. Uh, for three weeks. I did have honey last night. Uh, Barney's starting to, like, rub his, uh, mustache, like... Shit. Well, poor timing. Um... Huh. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh
1: Magdor, I'm uh, sorry uh, <laughs> all of them sure Magdor has told you it's gonna it's gonna be a while for me uh, but all of them sure Magdor has told you a little bit about the plan and uh, the the weapon that we need to to uh, put together he never actually said it was a weapon he said it was a tool I'm just assuming it's a weapon because why else w- was it a tool whatever this is uh, Barty deep has um, has What's, what's Vol's mother's name? Alani? Well, Alani. Alani. Has Alani told you anything about this
3: plan? Yes. <laughs> All right. And what do you... You needed to get the things and bring them together. That's about, I think, what she would have conveyed to you. Yes. Or at least that's what he remembers. Uh,
1: what do you... What, <laughs> what do you remember
2: about the plan? Oh... We, uh, like, he, uh, Barney, like, pulls himself together. Elani Skull Crusher Val Nagoni told me in her deep words of wisdom and as her entrusted knight, <laughs> uh, said to, Look, uh, Barney starts sweating, looks over at Onyx, uh, not Onyx, uh, Olive, uh, to
0: Find the stuff?
2: Find the stuff. All f- five, four, four, fourth, four, Five... Four... Four things and... Four. To... Take them apart. Put them together. Put them together. Put them together, yes. That's exactly what she told me. Her own words. Barney, can you hit things? Can you... That sword... Are you able
1: to, like, hit things well? Can you... Can you cut good? <laughs>
2: Barney, cut good. Uh... <laughs> I, uh... Look, I look at, uh, <laughs> I look around. Is there a dartboard? Yes. Cool. Uh, Barnabas, uh, grabs the longsword and spear tosses it at the, the dartboard. Ooh, let's see
3: how accurate you are. You're gonna hit the board, but how well do you hit it? You hit it right on the center? Let's roll True. Sure.
2: Let's see. Uh, it's technically an improvised yeah. weapon. Improvised uh, brings the axe. So, yeah.
3: so, how do you want me to roll for this? Uh, Just uh, give it's me a. Dexterity and proficiency. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's, uh, yeah, you you are proficient in improvised ranged attacks. So. As long as I understand the weapon, which secondly I do, mm-hmm. it's just.
2: Uh, let's see, plus dexterity, which is a zero. Excellent. Plus my proficiency, so plus two. I'm sure I'll do great. Why didn't
3: I pull a javelin out for this? <laughs> uh, I got a four. You hit right on the edge of the board. Still hitting it, but like. You hit it so hard on the side as it's just, like, hung on the wall that it, like, hits it sideways and, like, pins it, like, kind of cattywampus into the wood. And, uh, Olwen says, Please don't do that. Thank you. How far away is the dartboard from
1: us? Like, 20 or 30 feet. Well, um, you can throw good. Um, okay, so here's the plan you you mm-hmm. um you just pledged yourself to me given that Bull's is <laughs> no longer around um so i'm in charge yes. here just L- lord just for- thorad yes lord thorad great um you just <laughs> smack things when we tell you to we'll do the thinking but
2: i'm i'm an excellent thinker my lord
1: sorry yes okay you can think about how to smack things good
2: Barney thinks about this, uh, like, uh, as they pull the sword out, and they're just like sitting there like... It- Hmm. It- I could mute me. He doesn't seem- He seems like a bit of a string being. I bet I could take him. But I'm not wearing my underwear today. Uh, I need my lucky underwear if I want to win in a coup. Alright, Thorad, you have yourself a deal. All right. I um, shall be your smacky lackey. I just came up with that name. Do not steal. I'm. Ha <laughs> ha! Inspiration point. I'm proud of
1: you, um, Olive. The next destination is Waterdeep. We need to be quick. I think as fast as we can. So we're going to Waterdeep tomorrow.
0: Good. I'm going to
1: bed. I think I've had enough of you two for one day. It was nice meeting you, Olive. Um, she doesn't even say anything. She just keeps all right. going. And then uh, Thora, it's gonna. Just kinda like sit at the table, um, elbows on the table, his head in his hands, and he's just
2: like thinking. Dora, do I get top bunk or bottom bunk?
1: Whatever you want. Barney. I get
2: top bunk. Uh yeah, that's okay. uh Barney excitedly jumps for the top bunk, and like two <sighs> minutes later you just hear as uh Barney tries to uh hunker up there but forgets to take off his armor initially and the weight causes the bed just to collapse. Uh, Thorad, do you wish to share beds? Thorad probably didn't come up with you. (laughs) Yeah, he's shouting it down the stairs. sure.
1: Oh, and I'm gonna need a key. Excellent. I need a separate, please.
3: Can't do this to me. I mean, I heard a noise upstairs. Is everything okay?
1: I'm sure everything is just fine. I'm sure nothing was damaged whatsoever, and everything is hunky-dory. Even if that's the case,
3: here's a key for your room. Thank you very much. Um, We'll have, uh food brought to you in your rooms as it seems as though you kind of just want to be by yourself and i understand that but we'll see you in the morning yeah.
1: if there's anybody who needs to see us just let us know uh but if what anybody if? comes looking for us we are going to be heading to water deep in the morning to enact the, mm-hmm. the cry and thor is going to head up okay.
3: everybody's in their rooms respectively eventually food's brought up to you um and you're left to kind of contemplate what the next step is how you're going to get to water deep all that jazz and uh, that's where we're gonna end the episode. First episode, season two. Nice. Good job, guys.
2: Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at two times Tyler. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LR the D Eleventh, all letters.
3: You can find me on Twitter at Sixagoon. Ooh. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Houston. Glenn with two ends. Houston looks like Huston.
2: Nice. We are a part of Casual Master Quest, a podcast network dedicated to giving you the video game tropes you deserve. You can find the show everywhere you can Google and on Twitter at CMQ Network. That was Nick. That was Brandon. That was Glenn. This is Tyler. That was Blue. That was Silver. And now there's a bunch of flying rats. We'll see you next week with another session of Casual Quest Masters. And don't forget the never stop the quest. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. The music in this episode was used with permission by Will Savino of Music D20, Tabletop Audio, and Kevin MacLeod. Please check out the full descriptions of all the songs used in the show descriptions. Hope you guys enjoyed it.